Hello, my podcast family. I am uh, wanting to use this podcast episode to talk about new believers and bring them into the fold and help them understand the Bible more and where to start. There's so many. There's 66 books in the Bible, so there's lots of places to start. Um, and me as a new believer, 2003, I remember advised by my pastor's wife, um, Lila Wheat, to start with the Gospels. And the Gospels are in the New Testament, the very beginning of the New Testament, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. <clears throat> and I wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for listening. I know you're going to get something from this, and I know that God's going to put a spark in your heart been praying about it that you'll get um, that desire to learn more on your own instead of having to have someone tell you church on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or you know on a Bible clip that you watch online so this is going to put a desire in your heart to learn on your own Um, first I want to start off by saying the Lord is very happy heaven is rejoicing now that you have accepted the Lord as your Savior Life is not going to be perfect, but it's going to start making, you're going to see changes in your life that you were like, I would have never thought I could stop smoking or drinking or whatever. When you let the Lord in your heart, he will start gently speaking to your heart and helping you in all matters of your life. Maybe you are just having bad relationships. Maybe you're having problems with finances maybe you're having problems with your health the Lord can help you and the Bible can actually heal you (laughs) as you are reading the word so I'm just I'm I'm excited for what I'm about to begin here and I want to thank you again for listening so let's start out with what we actually already know about the Bible or even just about Jesus because that's pretty much what everybody focuses on is Jesus from the Bible which there's a good reason for that <laughs> so let's talk about the holidays Christmas is the birth of Christ the birth of Jesus and we exchange gifts put up a Christmas tree the lights you know get get the kids faces when they they open their gifts on Christmas morning um, let's talk about the next holiday which is Easter and that's when the bunny comes and kids get candy and usually go to church on Sunday on Easter Sunday most of the time have a big dinner with your family so this holiday they usually celebrate for the resurrection of Jesus now a lot of things that people don't know is that Easter Sunday is actually the resurrection where he came back to life so Friday Good Friday is the date that he actually was hung on the cross and died they took his body down put it into the tomb on Friday He was there Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday he was resurrected. And so that's why we celebrate Easter. So we can find all the stories about Jesus' birth in the New Testament. Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's how it goes. (laughs) Anyways, the first books of the New Testament. And um, in the four books of the New Testament... These were all written by four different men. They were all disciples of Jesus. So they lived during the time that he was having his ministry. They lived during the time that he had to be resurrected. And 
crucified. So they witnessed all of that. Now, um, if you read Luke, you'll find that in Luke 2, or Luke chapter 2, Uh, This begins with the story of his mother, Mary, and Joseph, and how he was born and found lying in a manger. Luke goes on to tell of Jesus at the age of 12, who stayed behind in Jerusalem. So every year, they had to go to Jerusalem. I think it's taxes or something. And his parents uh, were unaware that he had stayed behind. In Luke 2 and 41, it also tells about John the Baptist It talks about how Jesus was tested in the wilderness from Satan himself. Um, Other things spoke about in Luke are things like Luke 4 and 24 in the NIV says, Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. So, that's kind of revealing, right? Um, Let's move on. It also spoke about how Jesus drives out impure spirits, calls his disciples heals a man from leprosy, forgives and heals a paralyzed man. In Luke 5 and 27, Jesus calls Levi and eats with sinners. Jesus' uh, story tells of many teaching, many teaching signs and miracles. The point where the crucifixion began is in chapter 22 of Luke. It tells of the Last Supper, the prayer on the Mount of Olives, Uh, Jesus arrested and ultimately crucified by his own people. In chapter 24, it speaks of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How Jesus continued his ministry 40 days after the resurrection. Many people don't realize that. They just thought, okay, Jesus came back to life. But then I always ask, what happened after that? And that's when I found out that he had actually continued his ministry 40 days after he had come back to life. Then, after that, he, he um, appears to the disciples, and then he ascended up into heaven on a cloud. So, if Jesus' entire life can fit in one book of the Bible, you ask, what else is needed? There is so much more. The Old Testament was the time before Christ. It helps us better understand why he came and why we need him, how everything hinges on him. Today, I'm going to challenge you. I want you to find two scriptures in Luke that you really loved reading about. So many great things happened in the book of Luke. (coughs) List those two scriptures for me in the locations that I've shared this podcast. And let me have your input about what you think about Luke. And tell me about your journey and how much you know or how much you've read in the Bible. I'd love to hear more about what you've been going Uh, into in your in daily devotionals or if you've just been listening to you know certain people on the um, social media let's mention them let's give them props because they fed into your life too this is a journey and the thing is is that right now you need to start taking ownership of your journey instead of letting people tell you about this great savior and this great man of God Start learning about it all and getting in there and finding out who you are in this huge thing we call life. And I always say when I get ready to end my session, I'll see you guys around the merry-go-round. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm praying for you constantly. May God bless you and may your life be full and rich with love. 
Jesus' name, amen. Hello, my podcast family. So, I am in the process of working on a new believer's podcast. And so, looking into getting some uh, information here to help us uh, through this is going to be a really big benefit. Because, you know, we want everyone to be able to feel secure in their decision. So, if you have felt the Lord um, pulling at you and you have decided that you are indeed ready to step into the life that Jesus Christ has for you, then we are going to do it together. And uh, so, I've been looking for some help and some material to kind of um, help me uh, with uh, what we're doing. So... I found this um, article here, and it is called Seven Steps to Joy. So, I'm going to use this today. It's by Tom Ward Sr., Partners in Ministry, it says. Life Commitment Discipleship Series. And so, uh, the first step in this um, is called Assurance. And the Assurance is uh, something that we definitely have to um, relate to and understand being new Christians. So I'm going to read the article here and go to the scriptures that they they mention, and and we're going to do this together. Uh, So the memory verse they want us to read is 1 John. That's in the New Testament. And you can go in the front in the table of contents and locate what page it starts on. So 1 John, and then you're going to go to chapter 5. And then you're going to go down to where the number 11 starts. And then we're going to read between 11 and 12. Okay, so 1 John 5, 11 through 12 says, And this is the testimony God has given us, eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Number 12, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. So that is our assurance in scripture to show us that we need to be believing in Jesus Christ. It says here, why do I doubt? And then it goes on to say, many new Christians are stunned because shortly after they are saved, doubts about their decision for Christ arises in their minds. Let me assure you that doubts are common to all. You're not the only one. There is an enemy who will pull at the doubts into your mind, put all the doubts into your mind uh, that he can possibly set. Um, That enemy is Satan. Um, He wants to distract you and keep you from knowing about Jesus. Your next question is, why do I have these doubts? Actually, doubts are good for you because They cause you to get into the Word of God in order to find assurance of your salvation. Your salvation is a fact guaranteed by God's Word. Uh, Let's see here. It has some questions. On the questions of doubt. 
Answering the following questions will help you to know for sure you are saved. According to 1 Peter 5 and 8, what does Satan want to do to you as a Christian? Let's read 1 Peter. And that's a one, nope, two, I think above. It's not very far from where we were already at. 1 John, it's before 1 John. Um, so, we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 5. So, find the fifth chapter. And then go down to where number 8 is. And it reads, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So, that's what he wants to do to us as Christians. Then it says, What animal is Satan compared to in 1 Peter and 8? Prowls around like a roaring lion. So that would be the animal. <clears throat> and then number three, it says, Remember, Satan is your adversary, your opponent. And you must fight the doubts he puts in your mind. And how do you fight Satan according to 1 Peter and, uh, 5 and 9? It says, Resist him. So chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5 again. Then we're just going to go on down to number 9. It says, resist him, talking about the devil, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. <clears throat> and then number 4 in our question for the assurance portion is the last one they have. It says, to resist Satan, we must put on the full armor of God. List below the full armor of God. The armor that God gives us in Ephesians 6, 10, and 18. <clears throat> Let's go there and we'll discuss that. And that will be the end of this assurance portion. And then we'll move on to the next one, which is... I'll make another segment for it. Baptism. We'll talk about baptism next. Just give me one moment. i got to look for the Ephesians. It's still in New Testament. It's further back towards the front of the book compared to Acts. I mean, compared to Peter and John. I think it's after Galatians. Yes, it's after Galatians. <clears throat> Again, look it up in the front in the table of contents to find the actual page number of that book. Okay, so... Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 8. So we're going to go to chapter 6, verse 10. Going down to find number 10. Okay. And we're going to read all the way down to 18. All right. So let's go ahead and read that. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord. And in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, 
with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And this, the one that I just read you, is the um, NIV. New International Version. Now, all of the Bibles <clears throat> are basically the same. They've come from the original text, which was written in Hebrew and in Greek. And people have uh, this NIV, I was told, like thousands or I don't know how many people, but lots of different translators came together and they had to agree on every word that the original text had. So... This was something that they did after King James Version, which was in like the 1800s, I don't even know, back in the day, when they spoke, you know, wherefore art thou Romeo, you know? <laughs> so, uh, the NIV doesn't talk like that. The NIV talks in the language that we use most today. So, I hope that you find your version. You can always um, download Bible Gateway, and that will help you to figure out which version of the Bible you want to use. And like I said, the one that gives you the most understanding, that's the one you want to use. NIV does help me a lot in that aspect. I'm going to go ahead and bless you. Thank you, Lord, for our listeners today. Let this word go forth, planted into their hearts. Let them find more hunger to learn more about your word and about your ways. Because, God, you are worth it. You are worth every second that we put into it. You will repay us a hundredfold. Thank you, Lord, for all you do. Thank you for listening again. You guys have a good day or a good evening or a good night. See you around the merry-go-round. Hello again, my podcast family. I'm continuing on the New Believers uh, podcast here. So, now we're going to be speaking about um, baptism. Um, So, this is the next journey, the second step in your process for uh, being um, a a disciple. So, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, They have a memory verse that they want us to read. Um, Let me get it here. So, I don't think I might have actually gotten out of it. Matthew verse 28 and 19. So Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. You can go to the table of contents in the front and find the first page of Matthew. And then you just go through and find the chapter, which will be the big numbers in most Bibles, that is. So you're looking for number 28. It also says it at the top. It'll say Matthew 24, 25, and then a number beside of it, meaning that that is the ending of it. At the right-hand side, on the left-hand side, that's the beginning of it. So the left is going to show you the first verse and chapter. The one on the right is going to show you the last chapter and verse on that page. 
So I'm at 26. Matthew 28 is where we're going. Keep going. Matthew 28 and 19. So one more page. Okay. Matthew 28 and 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I read a little further than what it had asked. I read number 22, 20 as well, because um, that is also good. Um, So it's saying here, uh, let's see. All right. Um... So what is the main things says, uh, what are the most important things? It says here, after salvation, God gives us a wonderful command. That command is to follow Christ in baptism. Baptism is the first step of obedience for the new believer in Christ. I have never known any Christian to grow in Christ or to be blessed by God <clears throat> who did not obey God in believers baptism as you answer the following questions ask God to teach you through his word the importance of baptism so um, first I want to explain what the meaning of it is because this this um, article that I have here that I've been reading from it gives good information it's just not in the right order that I would probably talk about it so I want to make it mine Um, So I want to talk about the meaning of the baptism and why it is so important. So it is basically, like it said, um, we're we're growing in Christ. We become Christ-like. We're following Christ. So in the baptism, it is basically a picture of our own death, burial, and resurrection with Christ. So as Christ did those things, Whenever they crucified him on the cross, we're doing a picture of that. It says here, baptism shows the death of the old man before you were saved, burial of the old life, and the resurrection of a new life to be lived for the Lord Jesus Christ. So understanding completely what you're doing, when you decide to to believe in the Lord, then it's going to help you. So... It talks about in here um, different scriptures. And I want to read John 14 and 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. So in a way, the love that we have for Christ is making us obedient because we love him. Because we want to be a part of his heaven. That's why we are doing the baptism. Um, in Acts, uh, eight, they want us to read Acts eight, 26 through 40. So I'm going to go there. It's right after the gospels. It's the very next thing. So after John, you'll find Acts. So Acts chapter eight, they want us to read verses 26 through 40. It says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
So he started out and on his way he met the Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which measures or which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers in silence. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in my way of of my being baptized? The NIV doesn't have verse 37, so I had to look it up in the King James. And I've also reached out to someone and asked why that didn't show up. I mean, it has 37 in there, but it doesn't actually give the verse. So I'm going to read the verse from King James, and it's got the vowels in it. So just warning you. So verse 37 says, And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. So that was the only thing he needed, was to believe with his heart that he would be saved. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So that was all that he needed to be able to be baptized. And then it says in verse 38, And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again but went on his way rejoicing. So there's joy after you have given your life over to the Lord and you went through the resurrection just as he did on the cross. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the crowds until he reached Caesarea. I don't know. I'm not going to these words. <laughs> so um, that's how that reads. Uh, let's go on to the, see what's, what they're wanting to talk about next. So they're saying that we need to have the obedience to have the baptism done. And that we'll find joy. So with all three of these different things, love for Christ, obedience to Christ, we will find joy. So if we have all three of these things working very well in our lives, then we will see the joy of the Lord. Uh, baptism shows three things. The death, the resurrection, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. So as your body goes under, it's death. Under the water, you're buried, and then you come back up resurrected. Baptism can only be performed in one way. In the Bible, no one was 
ever baptized except by immersion of the body underwater. The word baptism literally means to dip, to plunge, to submerge, or to immerse. Nowhere in the Bible is is sprinkling of babies and adults taught. Um, where was Jesus baptized? I wrote that down. It's in Matthew 3.13. Yep, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. So that's where he was baptized. So even Jesus had to go through that. Um, let me read that real quick because it looks good. Matthew 3. Let's find Matthew. It's in the New Testament. First book of the New Testament. Matthew 3. I know people are like, man, looking at this Bible, there's a lot going on in the front. Yeah, that's that's going to be good when you get your feet wet in that. You're going to be really excited about what all's happened and what all the Lord saved the world from. <laughs> Noah, Moses, all those are in the Old Testament. Um, so Matthew 3, 13. Okay, let's continue reading that. Then John, or then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? And do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So, that's all the information on that. Um... It does say to read Romans 6, 3 through 5 to learn what God says about baptism. So let's do that first. I think I wrote that down too. I wrote that out longhand. <laughs> I wanted to have that. Okay. It says, or do you know, Romans, this is Romans 6, 3 through 5. Or do you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection like his. And those are the reasons for baptism. So that's the next step. If you have not been baptized and you do not have a home church, I want to invite you to mine. It is Lighthouse of Prayer, 9600 Kingman Road, Louisville, Kentucky. I'd love to see you there. I'm sure we'll be doing baptism. We're going to be having our um, revival soon in September. So we would love to see you. Um, message me on uh, Facebook. My email is crystalbluesmusic at gmail.com. Crystal, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, blues, B-L-U-E-S, music, M-U-S-I-C, at gmail.com. And I will respond. If you need prayer or anything, let me know. 
I'll do my best to help you out. I can't promise you that I'll be able to make, uh, you know, if you need $10,000, we all do. I can't do that, but I can definitely uh, try to look at other things and help you. I'm, I'm, if, you're a Christ, if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, <clears throat> I want to help you, but especially for those Christians because it says to help the body of Christ uh, as much as you can. So we will definitely try to help you out if you need something. Um, I'll try to get you some resources. I appreciate everything you're doing. I love you. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you for making this choice to be a Christ follower, a disciple, Jesus Christ. You're awesome. And I'm so glad that I'm in this uh, journey with you. You guys have a good evening. I'll see you around the merry-go-round. Hello, my podcast family. I am coming to you about the uh, new believers class again. Um, I didn't get to quite finish up like I wanted to before. Um, we've been through uh, two of the steps um, about being a believer. Um, I want to go over one that's really important. It's the uh, attendance of church. So, um, I'm not sure if you can hear Johnny. If you can, I'll have to re-record it, of course, because, yeah, he's a gamer and they love to yell. (laughs) I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand it completely. I mean, I get on there just to, you know, have some fun and, uh, why they scream at one another, I'll never understand it. Um, so, it looks like here they have a memory verse for us to look at first for the new believers. And it's in Hebrews. So go ahead and get your Bible out. Let's take a look at Hebrews. I want you to do it too. That way you can get used to looking it up. We're going to go to chapter 10. So you're going to look for Hebrews at the top. And then you'll see the next number after that changes smaller to larger as you go to the right. Uh, So you're going to look for chapter 10. And then we're going to look for verse 25 so that's going to be within the actual words itself so the big number should be 10 and then you should find the little number within the words um, and that would be number 25 and I'll read that now Uh, hopefully I can see it I've got my contacts in so I gotta push the Bible back (laughs) that's what happens over 40 ladies and gentlemen okay so uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching so it's basically telling us that we definitely need to assemble ourselves together i think that's how it says it in the king james version um and it's wanting to make sure that we are doing that As a new believer, it is important for us to do that, and we're going to go over why. One of the most important elements in the life of a new Christian is getting to know other believers, and church is the best way to do this. At church, you will receive instruction and encouragement on how to live a joy-filled Christian life. As you attend church, you will get to know other Christians as well as learn essential Bible truths through the preaching and the teaching. Your local church offers Sunday services usually. 
Um, some will have Sunday school, which a lot of them have went away from that. So they mentioned that in this, and that's one of the things I was talking about in the previous, um, podcast. I think we should get back to that. It also mentions or small groups, find a class or a group to attend every week. This is where you will establish strong relationships, ask pressing questions and study the Bible. Church attendance is a must if you want to grow in Christ and become a mature, joy-filled Christian. Learn to give God your whole Sunday. Giving God the first day of the week is like making Him your top priority. God will bless you for your faithfulness. So it goes over a few scriptures here. Um, It says in Acts 20 and 28, with what did Christ purchase the church? And Acts 20, this is chapter 20, verse 28 says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock. We are our brother's keeper, ain't we? Of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought, or I'm sorry, which he bought with his own blood. So the question was, what did Christ purchase the church with? And the answer would be with his blood. Um, And then let's move to the next question. It says, who is the head of the church? That tells us in Ephesians 5 and 23, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Moving on to the next one. How long ago did God plan to build this church, to build his church? We find that answer in Ephesians 1 and 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. The next question says, who deserves the head position in the church? That's going to be found in Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. He is the head of the body, the church He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that everything he might have supremacy, and then let's move on and read 19, because it just went from um, 18, read number 19, it says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Jesus. Now, the last question says, who established the church? Let's look in Matthew chapter 16. I think I have to go back to it. Matthew chapter 16. Almost there. Okay. Verses 13 through 18. It says, this is Peter. Peter declares Jesus to be this Messiah. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, 
Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by your Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So, Jesus established the church. And the church is well established. Now, I didn't go into this part over here, but I like to look at these as well. Um, Here's some other questions. Why should I attend? What does church give a new Christian? It's in 1 Peter. I'm going to 1 Peter. In the New Testament, almost to the back. 1 Peter 2. 2 and 2. 1 Peter 2 and 2. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it may so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. I like that number three too. I've heard that a lot from the um, revival. And then number two, the next question says, According to Jeremiah 3 and 15, God has given pastors to the church who will feed you in blank and blank. So let's check that out. Jeremiah 3:15. Jeremiah is in the Old Testament. Found it already. Jeremiah chapter 3. And verse 15, what verse am I at? It ends in 10. Oh, I wish I had my glasses. Um, 15. It says, Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. So, it says feed you, but in my book it says lead you in knowledge and understanding. Another reason for church attendance is for connection with other believers. Read Acts 2, 41 to 47 and list some of the things the early church did together. So Acts is in the New Testament. We're going back towards the back again. Away from Jeremiah. Acts 2, too far. verse 41 through 47 those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. 
They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So that right there is what we need to get back to in order for us to be able to get new believers and add to our numbers daily. That's really good. I like that. Uh, what is God's desire for his church? 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. It's after Romans. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. couple of chapters over here all right one in ten i appeal to you brothers and sisters in the name of your lord jesus christ that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought so that's where we are to be in one mind and one accord. That's what he's wanting us to do. According to Romans 10 and 17, let's back a little bit towards Acts. Romans 10, 17. It says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. So your faith grows by knowing more about Christ. So keep up with that, guys, and uh, get into a church. If you're not already actively attending church, I'd like to Im invite you, if you're in the Louisville area, to... 9600 Cane Run Road, Lighthouse of Prayer. We'd love to have you. You come one time, your family. We expect to see you from there on out. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. And again, welcome to the fa family of God. Um, the Lord is rejoicing. The angels are rejoicing because you've made the decision to become a believer. Keep the faith. Stay strong. Um, there's plenty of information in here about... Um, you know, purposes for the church, purposes for the pastor, different things like that. And it's very good information. I just don't want to overload too much right now. Um, and then when the last thing that I probably will discuss here is prayer and the importance of prayer for a new believer. So thank you again, guys, for listening to this one about church attendance. I appreciate you listening very much, and I'll see you around the merry-go-round.